Thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Chan, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Chan Medical School. The last few years have brought relentless challenges for so many of us, disrupted home life, work forever changed, social isolation, financial worry, COVID-19, illness, deaths, leading to deep grief for millions of Americans. It's no wonder many of us are struggling with our physical and psychological health. Amid this, UMass Chan is reinforcing its commitment to the health and wellness of all of its employees and students. And today we are welcoming Valerie Wedge to talk about this. She is the Director of the Office of Wellbeing at UMass Chan. Valerie, welcome. Thank you. We really wanna learn more about how the Office of Wellbeing wellness program and the employee assistance program are all kind of working together to promote sort of a holistic culture of wellness for everyone at UMass Chan. So why don't we start with that, just the two components that make up the Office of Wellbeing. Can you describe what each part is? The Office of Wellbeing really came about about a year and a half or two years ago. Um, And it was in response to people's strategy and the needs of our employees and students during the pandemic. BAP is really the foundation of the Office of Wellbeing. We provide faculty, students, staff, and family members, adult family members, with the opportunity to get some help with anything, I like to say, anything that's stressing them out, taking them away from their workday or their personal life is pretty much something that we can help them with. In the um, Industrial Revolution, EAPs began working with alcohol, substance abuse. And since that time, it's really expanded to all mental health issues, all stress issues, things that, you know, like conflict management or getting along with your spouse or transitions that we all experience so often, particularly in this day and age. So it really is anything. It doesn't have to be a work-related stressor. Correct. Yeah, and I think that's important that people understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, We also work with managers and helping them when they're challenged by a workplace issue, whether it's an individual or a group. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work really well with managers to help them to strategize, give them tools, help them to feel comfortable making a referral to EAP, which is so important. It's such a wonderful resource for managers to use with their employees and their teams. That's so great to know. Um, what do you hear, What are the questions you get about confidentiality? Is that a concern for people? And how do you address confidentiality? Confidentiality is the backbone of our work. We do not talk to supervisors, managers, healthcare providers, you know, anyone, family members, anyone without a written consent. And we have a really good reputation about that. I think it's important to know that sometimes we need to consult with each other at EAP, the clinicians. And so we have group confidentiality, but it doesn't go on your HR record. The people who know you've come are because you've told them. Uh, It's not something that we at all advertise or share that information with. It's strictly between the client and the EAP. 
That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. And I think that will set a lot of people's minds at ease. So you mentioned that the Employee Assistance Program, the EAP, as we call it, um, that's existed for a long time at UMass Chan. But did the pandemic add new barriers or did you see people more willing or less willing to come forward with their challenges during the past two and a half years? Absolutely. We saw a major increase in utilization. As you said in the beginning, we've all been challenged through the pandemic in the last two years. Um, our work has kind of been far reaching in that more people utilized us with different concerns than we had seen before. The uncertainties, the fears, the anxieties rose and the parameters of those anxieties really increased as well. I think that the pandemic really helped people to understand that mental illness, there's no stigma with it. And when you go and see, or you come to the EAP, it's a helpful tool. It's not something that is, should be a stigma associated with it. One of the biggest barriers for the EAP was finding those resources of mental health providers that could support our work. So we provide confidential free short-term grief counseling, five sessions with a counselor. We don't have long-term care, right? So finding resources of mental health counselors was a real challenge for us, but we got through it and we've, we found providers that could support our work and continue with our clients. So we were very fortunate. That speaks to uh, the quality of our clinicians I think you're right that the pandemic really kind of broke open the way that so many of us thought about mental health and mental illness, because we were all experiencing these consistently high, you know, levels of anxiety and stress and concern and fear and uncertainty. And that's hard to come to terms with sometimes. And the isolation was another area that people were just so lonely during mm. that time. They didn't know how to work from home. And they didn't, they didn't have the tools that they needed to work from home. They felt like they had to work more because their supervisor wasn't around to monitor. So they wanted to overcompensate for that. It interrupted with the balance between work and family. People working through the night sometimes because they had to take care of their children, make sure they were doing their schoolwork. And so it was very, very difficult. So as we've sort now sort of transitioned, many people have transitioned to this like long-term coping strategy and mechanism and this new way of life. It's a good time to point out that you say there's a difference between health and wellness. Can you mm. explain what that is and why it's important? Health is the state of our physical well-being, so our medical issues. If we're if we have diabetes or if we have heart conditions, if we have cancer, that's all our health. So it's the absence or presence of illness in our bodies. Wellness is the action we take to live a balanced lifestyle through the six dimensions of wellness, which we'll probably talk about when we talk about wellness. And Physical, emotional are two of those six dimensions of wellness that are so important to take care of. So 
if we are taking action or proacting around our wellness, around our health, it will impact our wellness, which in effect impacts our whole life, our whole well-being. That's a great distinction. So health is your physical, the absence or the presence of, of illness. So let's talk about those six dimensions of wellness. Let's go right into them and how do they all work together? So there are six dimensions. It's from the National Wellness Institute that we partner with quite frequently. The six dimensions are another foundational piece of our work, and they include emotional, physical, occupational, intellectual, social, and spiritual. So those are the six dimensions. Most people, when they think of wellness, they think of the physical or emotional but it's really having a balanced, well-rounded experience or relationship with each of these dimensions. So community, Uh, UMass Chan does a great job with helping the community, the volunteer work that, that we have the opportunity to do, the cancer walk. All of these things are really important and they bring us a level of gratitude that is also part of wellness. So intellectual, you know, constantly learning and having the opportunity to advance our knowledge in so many specific areas, such as science or such as a hobby, you know, allowing your mind to continually learn um, and then be educated in that. Spiritual is really challenging uh, piece to describe. It's not religion. It's our beliefs and our attitudes and the way we live our life with grounding impact of values. So it's it's not a religion which people often kind of say, well, I'm not into that. But we all have values. We all have beliefs. We all work from some type of space that is consistent with our values. Yeah. It's how you carry yourself through the world. Absolutely. And social, you know, that isolation I was talking about, how can we get people reconnected to, to our community, to their community? How can we really support them in that piece of journey? So they're all very important and connect helps us to live a balanced life. And we recognize at the Office of Wellbeing that not everyone has the opportunities, the same opportunities to access those resources or those opportunities. So we're trying very hard to connect with those populations and to those that are underserved to reaching out to them and helping them to access our programs and services. I think that's such an important point because, you know, a lot of people are just kind of struggling to kind of get through the day and take care of their families and do what they need to do to keep their households running and and stay healthy. And so what are some concrete resources that the Office of Wellbeing offers or or tips to integrate this into our lives in a way that has a long-term benefit? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because we have a wonderful platform. It's called Your Wellness Network. 
and the Wellness Network has opportunities for lifestyle coaching. All of our employees, faculty, and students re can receive up to four lifestyle coaching sessions a year. And it's an opportunity to, to have someone kind of guide you and understand what barriers are for you and help you to strategize to overcome those barriers for your wellness. So it could be uh, time management. It could be I'm dealing with a medical issue and I just don't have the energy to do the things I need to do. We also have your work life website. And that's kind of on the EAP side that has multiple resources on child care, elder care, financial issues, issues that in, involve your life. You know, what are some life issues that you have? Financial, as I said, child care, but also those things that we don't think of, like diet or exercise in, in a different way. So both of those websites or both of those platforms have significant educational components to them and resources. Well, it definitely sounds wide ranging. So if people are interested in learning more or taking advantage of some of these lifestyle consultations or resources that you have, how do they connect with you? Well, there are a couple of ways. Um, the, the most common way I think right now for the wellness component is going on to our SharePoint site and going to the Office of Wellbeing. It's right under first line under HR. SharePoint, for those of you who may not know, is the intranet for UMass Chan employees. Yeah, thank you. And you can access both of those websites or platforms there. We also have uh, the opportunity to email us or give us a call if you'd like to schedule an appointment with EAP, a counselor for the confidential free short-term counseling. And also you can uh, email or call the Office of Wellbeing if there's an issue. So sometimes when people are accessing the platforms, there's some confusion and we're always very happy to help people with that. Additionally, all of our services are available 24-7. And so if a situation comes up and you don't want to wait, you can always call for EAP. There's always a counselor available. Okay, that's great. So in a moment, after a quick break, we're going to dive back into more information on the employee assistance program. But just to share that email address that Valerie was mentioning, if you do want to contact the Office of Wellbeing, email them at OWB. OWB, Office of Wellbeing, at umassmed.edu, and we'll be right back. You've been listening to the Voices of UMass Chan, produced by the Office of Communications at UMass Chan Medical School. Welcome back to the Voices of UMass Chan. Our guest is Valerie Wedge, Director of UMass Chan's Office of Wellbeing. So the Employee Assistance Program, EAP, as we said earlier, is a really great resource for faculty, staff, students. Remind us, what are some of the issues that people can seek support for from the EAP? Certainly workplace stress, workplace conflict, relationships, divorce, separation, alcohol, substance abuse, all of those transitional issues, returning to work, 
you know, how do you manage that? Again, anything that is stressful for you and is allowing you not to focus or impacting your ability to focus is something that we can help you with. So we always say the first sign of your stress is the time to call us because we can we can get in there earlier and you don't have to go through so much pain and suffering. What are some of the signs that people should keep an eye out for? Like, what are some of the signs that you often hear from people when they may, may or may not realize that there are certain stressors that are interfering with their life? That's a really good question. When people are beginning to feel stress, they often go into the fight, flight, or freeze mode, and they become more and more anxious, right? That's their anxiety kicking in. Um, you might have a rapid heart rate more frequently. You may get sweats. You may clench your teeth. You may get the chills. When your your body's talking to you, your body's starting to change and say, something's going on here. Maybe I need to get some help. It doesn't feel like you're sick. It feels like your body's telling you something's going on. Okay. That's great. I think that's going to be so helpful for people to hear. And just to reiterate, anyone who seeks service or support through the EAP can count on it being entirely confidential unless they give written consent for somebody else to be informed, which is hugely important. Jen, there is one caveat to that. So we are mandated reporters. So if there is harm and we are notified that there is harm for a child or an elder or someone who has some challenges, then we need to report that. But beyond that, really anything else is very much between you and the EAP. Great, thank you for clarifying that. And then the last thing that I just wanna remind people of is if they do seek help from EAP, I think you mentioned there are five, up to five sessions that they can, why don't you fill us in on what they can expect? So it's up to five sessions per issue. And in that time, we kind of do a psychological assessment or a needs assessment. We come up with a plan. And sometimes people use those five sessions. Some people don't. Some people need more. And that's when we do the referral to outside providers using the insurance, that behavioral health insurance that one has. That's terrific. Well, thank you so much. This is really life-saving, life-changing information. I think it's great for everyone to know that it is available 24-7 for free for anyone in the UMass Chan community. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. I hope people will recognize that we are their support and please just call us anytime we can be of help. Great. Thanks, Valerie Wedge, the Director of the Office of Wellbeing at UMass Chan. To learn more or to contact the Employee Assistance Program, you can visit www.umassmed.edu EAP or email EAP at umassmed.edu. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Jennifer Berryman. You can find the Voices of UMass Chan podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website, umassmed.edu slash news slash voices. Follow us at UMass Chan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
On YouTube, find us at UMass Chan Medical School.